Hi everybody and welcome to the latest edition of the NSLs podcast. My name is Stephen, the host of NSLs. I hope everyone's keeping well who's listening. Finally, my co-host is back from the living dead. How are you, John? Sure. <laughs> I'm good, man. Thanks. Well, great to have you back. Joined by two show regulars, Anthony and Ross. How are you both? Good, mate. I doing good, mate. Good, good, good. Glad to be back. It's just been a crazy week since we last recorded, so uh, yeah, plenty to get through. Oh, it's been a crazy week. There's so much going ins and outs going on, so we have to get our teeth stuck into. So we'll move on to the first port of call, and that is Fergal Harkin is no longer interested in taking up the Celtic director of football position. Obviously, rumours have come out that Celtic didn't formally offer him, offer him the job, but it was well known through multiple sources online and on Twitter that he, he was the number one candidate due to his links with Dermot Desmond and things like that. Obviously, just touching on it briefly, Fergal Harkin, obviously, he was he was the guy I think Celtic hoped to come in, build this new structure for many years to come. And like Eddie Howe, he's grabbed his jacket and went, fuck this. <laughs> yeah, it's you I know mean, it's a bit of a strange one. I was I was actually of, of all the things that's been happening uh, the last week, that was the one that kind of surprised me the most because, you know, his um connections to the you know the the, the city group are, are well known, and I think like you say, I think there was connections to um to to, to Peter Lawwell as well and Fergal Harkin. We again, it's uh, all rumours, but was also believed to have been pushing for the this uh, Postacoglu deal to go through as well so I mean you you don't have to be a member of AC12 um, to connect all those thoughts together um, but it's obviously some, whatever has happened um, the, the deal's not going ahead like you say the Fergal Harkin rumour had, had almost disappeared entirely for uh, a few weeks and then it, it sort of came back um, really, really really, quite strongly in the last week and then it's, um, it's died away again so I mean, at, at this point, mate, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he actually gets a manager's job. You know, I mean, what, the, the, all bets are off now. I've not a clue what's happening. <laughs> it's, like, it's like a game of Monopoly, isn't it? You, you know what I mean? They're by old Kent Street, land on Kent Street, you get part to pay rent and then people go away and leave the money. But your man, hearken for me, John, we discussed this in the podcast when it first came out that the, direct, the director of football position was something that Celtic had to look to. Obviously, to modernise the structure. And when Dominic Mackay and as you said in a previous podcast, he, was, he kept mentioning the word modernise and you don't know what state Celtic football club are in, especially in the backroom level, before we even touch upon who could be the new manager. What's your opinion on the Fergal Harkin scenario? It's it's weird, mate, honestly, because, like you said, this was a name that was strongly linked to us quite early on. Um, like Anthony says, that, that, that talk kind of quietened down a wee bit, but then it, it resurfaced again. But, I mean, we're only... What a week on for Eddie, um, the Eddie deal falling through, and then Fergal Harkins decided to, to walk as well. There's definitely something doesn't sit right with me uh, in terms of all this because there must be something happening at board level where these guys are saying, ah, this isn't for me. Um, but it, it, it certainly runs deeper than this because you, you're not spending all this time being linked with these people for them to turn their head at the last minute. Um, so, and again, it's it, it just lack of clarity coming for for Celtic, and there's there, there's been nothing, no announcements or anything at all on what's going to happen. And now other names are surfacing, and we're getting linked with other people. And it's like Anthony said, you just you don't know, man. It's it's all bets are off at this point, and it's it's just a very very strange and a very weird time. Yeah, and. You make a good point as well. And Ross, on the Monday podcast, we, the Tuesday one, sorry, we were speaking with Ram McGinley and we discussed the, the whole prospect of the link with the City Group and what that could potentially mean for Celtic. We were dis- discussing Fergal Harkin come in and we all believed then anyway. He was pushing for Anne's pot of Cosley. I said, I mean, I'm doing it again. But he, he was pushing for that move to go through. Now that he's went away and Anne's is still the front runner. And do you know what I mean? The guys have rightly said, no one knows what's going on and the mess we're in at the minute and we keep leaving it and it's, I think it's 47 days away from the first Champions League qualifier. It's quite a daunting time at Celtic, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, as regards Harkin, like John's just said there, like he's turned at the last minute or whatever, but like like you said, he's, he never actually was formally like approached. Um, so... I don't really agree with he, that he's walked away. He's not walked away for he's walked away for a rumor, if you like. He's not walked away for a concrete offer for Celtic. Um, but 
I mean, he has been linked on and off for a while. Eh, but I mean, now we're hearing that the likes of Maloney has possibly been sounded out for for that role. Um, which again, I wouldn't be adverse to that, but eh, there's question marks eh, as because if he can do that job because. Terminology's never worked in a role like that before, so it, I mean, again, that's it, it's loads of rumours eh, in the media are just spinning these stories at the minute because they're they're trying to stay current with the biggest club in the country, eh, and <laughs> they've got nothing to go on. Eh, I mean, we're we're not acting like the biggest club in the country, they know, but eh, I I just think there's nothing credible coming out for Celtic or like third parties, if you like, in the media are just spinning stuff to, to try and stay current. Uh, it's, yeah. But it's, it's needing to come to a head sometime soon. Like. I think there was certain news articles that put out like free articles <laughs> in the space of a couple of hours about Fergal Hargan. One was saying he was pushing for Postacoglu. The next was saying he was unlikely to get a job. The one after that saying he's not getting the job. And it's like, what is going on? But coming to yourself, Anthony, Ross brought up Sean Maloney. And... I, I have no worries if Sean Maloney came back as a coaching in a coaching capacity because by all accounts he did a good job when he was in the reserve team with Tommy McIntyre. But this director of football role is much bigger than just coming in and not not sitting on your arse, but you need to have your, your fingers in all sorts of pies. You need to be well-versed in recruitment. And as Ross said, Sean Maloney's not that. He's an assistant that Roberto Martinez and the Belgium set up. And it's a concern for me that we're looking to these guys again with a Celtic connection to come in and help us. Yeah, you're absolutely buying on the money. Um, I've, I would, I would love to see Sean Maloney um, back in a, a sort of coaching capacity because it looks like he's, you know, like you say, he worked well with the youths um, set up um, previously, and you don't get to be an assistant um, at the, you know, the top top ranked national team in the world unless you've got something about you. But, you know, there's a, a, a massive a world of difference between being a director of football um, at a massive, massive club and being, you know, essentially an assistant slash coach sort of thing uh, in the international scene. It's, it's two completely different jobs. Um, but, you know, as as we've seen this week with all of the, with, you know, Badgegate, as it were, hmm. um, our, uh, our current leaders um, seem to not really look too deeply to see whether or not you actually have the qualifications uh, or the relevant paperwork uh, to, to, to take over a position at the club. Um, I would be very, you know, I, I think it's it would be a hell of a risky move um, given I'm a director of football role. Um, I think if we are, if that's the model we're kind of going to go down, I would rather someone got the job that, that had experience of doing it in the past. Yeah. And you think about it as well, as you said, it's much more than being a coach on the field where you can have direct control of what the players are training, their training methods, what they're doing on the pitch. You can kind of structure that. When you go into the backroom level at, at uh, the director of football capacity, John, we done David Webb and the Dave Webb interview. He's a close ally of Eddie Howe. He's worked with him for many years, Alexa Pochettino as well. And he gave a great insight into what that role entails. Obviously, David Webb now, as it, as it seems, is kind of out of contention for a director of football role. But surely, John, there's other candidates out there. We, we seem to be jumping from anyone who gives us a bit of hope. It's almost like, do you ever get, if you you have a bad breakup and the, the, the girlfriend or boyfriend says back to you, don't worry, you can go back when you when you calm down. That's what it's like. Kind of, do you know what I mean? It's it's a bit of hope that we're clinging on to at the moment. Aye, it's, like I say, everything's up in the air, man, and it's, it's difficult to sort of gauge where we are at the minute. Uh, at this current point in time, it doesn't matter who's going to be linked. I'm not believing a word to anything until... Like we've said before, until we see these guys have got there's pictures of them uh, inside Celtic Park with the scarves above their head and all sorts. So they uh, we're going to get linked again uh, with everybody. Uh, in regards to the director of football thing, uh, I mean David Webb, he, he was a great guy to talk to. He was a great guy to listen. He clearly knows his stuff. Um, passionate about the game, the stuff he's achieved in that position, the players that he's found and stuff as well. I mean these are guys we should be looking at, like. Ralph Rannick as well is still with Footer Club and he was somebody that was linked very early on and this is a guy with fantastic history um, and, and standing in the game as well and it's you, you got to wonder where Celtic is where, where the board is 
and the mentality they've got where they they can't or they're not approaching these types of people because it just doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever that this far on for Lennon actually leaving uh, the position that the club is actually no further forward in any capacity um, on all fronts and it's it's a bit of a pantomime if I'm honest it's it's, it's laughable it's ridiculous it's it's shite it's it's just I honestly don't even know what to make it, and we can sit and talk and we can speculate about all sorts, but absolutely nothing that is happening to you is even worth talking about because there's nothing in it, and we'll find out through the whole Eddie Howe saga and all the links and everything else, and like you said, uh, with with Ugo Harkin and and the fact that he was maybe he he was the one that recommended Postecoglou uh, and. Like his links with Celtic as well through the City Group. It's the fact that every single one of these people at the at the eleventh hour uh, were finding out only coming to the club, have rejected anything, haven't even been offered anything. It just further stamps, uh, or, it, or rather, it gives credence to the whole thing we've been saying for for a while now regarding this current Celtic board. They're no fit for purpose, and they need to get their Celtic. <laughs> to kingdom come. <laughs> Try not to well, swear. I'm trying to keep level headed. <laughs> Very unlike yourself, John. I thought you would have went for it there. But I mean, I, I get what you, I get what you mean in terms of some of these things. <clears throat> you look at it and be like, nah, you shouldn't be talking about this. But again, we need that. We need the, our our frustrations. Otherwise, we won't be heard. And these these platforms, as we create at the end of sales podcast, other respective podcasts out there are that platform. And you look you look at it, Ross. As well, like today of recording anyway, this is 100 days, something of them without a permanent manager. We've had the interim uh, manager of John Kennelly, and that was an absolute shambles, probably worse than when Nanny was there. But it's quite stark, isn't it, Ross? It's, it's 100 days we've been waiting on any news of a new manager. Uh, it's, it's pretty unbelievable. I was just thinking there, uh, just when you had mentioned about the David Webb interview, I was just thinking to myself, like, how long ago was that interview? And this whole saga has been going on before that interview. It's absolutely staggering. And words, I'm just lost for words on it. It's, I've just never seen anything like it for any club, anywhere, ever in my life. And it's totally, totally embarrassing and tash. <laughs> and just to get a, a brief reaction from yourself, Anthony and John, before we move on to other topics, what what's your overwhelming feeling towards? I mean, a hundred days. It, it's absolutely insane that there's been no nothing put in place, no further forward. It's it's incredible, mate. I mean, you know, I, I'm, I'm a massive uh, follower of uh, all things political on the other side of the pond, and uh, you know, any new American president coming in, that's a, you know, it's a big sort of milestone they have over there. You know, your first hundred days. In office, uh, and I regard um, the previous American president as the most diabolical, obscene, disgusting human being to ever set foot in that building. But I can tell you something right now: even he got more done in his first 100 days than what the current Celtic board have in the in the previous uh, the previous hundred. Um, if you are less competent in your position as Donald Trump, then uh, you really have to look at yourself in the mirror. Yeah, 100%. I, I agree with you because, I mean, not any not any of us would have said that in this podcast. Only you could do that, hopefully, bringing it across <laughs> like that. What, what, about, what about yourself, John? Where are you at in this 100 days? It's a joke, man. And it's, 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 at this point, like they say, the board are just taking the piss. And you honestly, like if, there, if you ever needed an example that they actually, they just don't give a fuck about the fans, the club, this is it. Yeah. I, I, I totally agree, and we can all hear it in their voices. It's just a a deep rooted not I wouldn't say anger no more. It's just like a deep rooted dust. It's just a sigh continuously looking at what the what the Celtic Football Club's doing. I mean, we'll get on to the away kit being released and the slogans used in their hashtags, and we'll get on to that later in the show. But even that was mental, and the away kit is nice to be fair. But I mean, what they used underneath it was a bit like, nah, really should you have done that? But moving on to current situations in terms of management teams coming in and before we obviously get on to some of his achievements what he could do for Celtic I've heard a few uh, podcasts speaking to Australian journalists Australian sports presenters and they think Anne's Postacoglu is the best thing since sliced bread 
There was one guy today I listened to saying that he he would rate him in the top 10 coaches in the world, which is a bit of a statement. But again, we don't know much about the fella. I mean, he's been over in Asia all his coaching life, bar a six-month period in Greece when he couldn't get employed for some reason. But, I mean, looking at it, Anthony, I said to you guys in the topic list, I've heard people saying that we're being snobs, like the way the English League look at Scotland as like a backwater. We're kind of looking at the Asian leagues like that. And it kind of brought me back a bit. Not like to the sense where I totally retract what I said about Postacoglu, but looking into it a wee bit, we are kind of being a bit snobbish towards them leagues, are we not? Yeah, I mean, you, you, you can't... When you actually look at what he's achieved, uh, I mean, we're, we're getting a lot of, you know, very... Some some of the stuff that's been bandied about about him at the minute, I'm, I must admit, I'm taking away a massive pinch of salt. I mean, when they say, you know, he's just such a brilliant down-to-earth guy, I mean, so is Tony Mowbray. Um, he doesn't suffer fools gladly. I mean, neither does Neil Lennon. You know, he's won trophies wherever he went. Well, so had Ronnie Dyler. That... <laughs> no, that doesn't necessarily mean he's, he's the right fit for us. Um, um, listen, and I say it as a caveat as well, right enough, that if he, and it, I don't know, you can't say it with any certainty, but it does look like he will be the, the manager now. And be rest assured, no matter how um, no, no matter how apathetic I feel about it, he, he will still receive my complete and un, you know full support and, and backing for, he, for his time in charge. But I think back to when um, when Alex McLeish was removed from his position as a Scotland manager and Steve Clark got brought in and Michael Stewart got asked about it on, on the BBC one night and he, he says, you know, he was you know, very positive about Clark getting the, the, the post because in his view, he says, you know, Scotland could still have qualified for the Euros with McLeish in charge. But he says it was a massive gamble. He says that wasn't giving us the best chance to... Um, to, to qualify, but he says getting Steve Clark in, he's the right man. We might not qualify, we might qualify, but no matter what happens, he's our best chance. He's our best candidate. This I, I kind of feel similar at the moment with, with with all of this stuff going on about Postecoglou. He may well be the Messiah rather than the you know the the very naughty boy. He may well wrestle all our trophies back next season. But at this moment in time, can we honestly say this guy is? Sure. Well, we know he's literally not our number one candidate because our number one candidate isn't an option hmm. anymore. So that that's that's where I always worry. Um, and like I say, I'll get behind any guy in the Celtic dugout um, for their tenure. But I just worry for a, an appointment that is so important as this one. We, we forget that there is a, a you know no qualifier free Champions League bounty at the end of this season. And I just feel that taking a, a punt on a guy who has had some success, some success as a manager, but has never managed a, a, a club anywhere near the size of Celtic, has never even coached on this continent, um, I think it's a massive, massive risk. And um, I, I remain to be convinced, but I will give him my full support um, should he get the job. Just to come back to you before I ask John and Ross their opinion, Anthony, you said mm -hmm. there at the end about he's never managed a club the size of Celtic, and bar one or two candidates that Celtic could possibly attract if they have bigger budgets, none of the managerial candidates manage the club the size of Celtic. So it kind of equals out. No, I'm not yeah, saying possible. Yeah, that's, that, that's, that's, that is a fair, a fair point, Stephen. You're, you're absolutely right. Um, like, like I say, there's there, there isn't a, a, a huge amount out there, but it, it seems that it just seems that the, the board have had put have, have put everything in the Eddie Howe basket, and now that it's it's sort of fallen through, there doesn't seem yeah. to be anything. There doesn't seem to be. It, it, we, we just seem to be sort of shooting in the dark and and, and hoping that something lands. Yeah, but well, I take I, your I, point. I, I, I totally take your point about the you know there's very few out there with, with that kind of experience. Yeah, no, that, that's fine. I just wanted to come back and see what you have said. But come to yourself, John. It very much looks for me anyway, as Harkin has kind of been ruled out, that this has been a law, a Lowell type appointment because see, his son works for Manchester City. Obviously, there's links to the Manchester City group within that. But coming back to my original question before we obviously move on to other things in regards to Postacoglu, John, do you think 
we're being snobs to like the J League and the A League, and obviously he has he has had experience managing the national team and led them to two World Cups and won an Asian Cup. Do you not think we're being snobbies the way England looks at us? To an extent, I would say that's a fair comment. I mean, if you actually look at the the, the coefficients for uh, the J League and the the A League as well, the Australian and Japanese leagues, they're up as high as we are or thereabouts. It's like there's nothing, there's no much in terms of a difference in terms of their FIFA ranking. Uh, in that regard, um, so I, I definitely think that we should be a wee bit more careful about punting that kind of chat about about the about the, the he's never managed in a decent calibre league because absolutely nobody who's saying that has ever watched any Japanese football league yeah. games or yeah. Australian league games, <clears throat> and we've seen the kind of players that the countries produce as well. They've, they've produced some cracking players, so there's definitely talent there. Um, in terms of Koglu, I think Anthony made a fantastic point. It, it's it is essentially a gamble when you get behind whoever it is that, that they'll take a point because we have to. Um, it's not his fault if if he gets appointed. It's it's not his fault. So he needs to get the fans full bang. Um, but I will say this: I, when his name was originally linked after the whole Eddie Howe thing, and his name popped up, I, much like everybody else, I was asking, "Who is this? I've never heard of him in my life." Um, but and I wasn't happy about it, but I mean, when you when you consider where we are, and you just want to get somebody out of the lane, you, you do your own sort of due diligence, and you're you're looking at this guy. You, you go and you, you have a look at interviews and that that he's done, and well, I have anyway. Um, and I think you can find stuff on YouTube. He's got like wee mini documentaries about him because it, the stuff he's done as a manager as well. And I mean, he 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 clearly knows the game. If you listen to him talk, he knows the game. And he's very, like you mentioned as well, he's very, very highly respected uh, in that continent. And, and, and I think he's a fantastic manager. Uh, he is, like Anthony says, he, he does come across a, a bit of a no-nonsense character. Um, he, he doesn't suffer fools, etc. But I think he, he also understands the modern side of the game. Uh, and you've got guys as well like uh, Rogic and other <coughs> top Australian players who have played in great leagues and have worked under fantastic coaches. I've spoke highly of them as well. So, I mean, there has to be something about him for all these people to come out and rate. To, like, I've not heard anybody come out yet and say he's hopeless and he, he's no good enough. Uh, yeah. And I mean, I'm just keeping my fingers crossed that if he is going to be the guy who is taking over the club, given the, the length of time it's taken the Celtic board to actually get an appointment in. The fans definitely need to back him. Didn't he believe... The, step away from all this nonsense about he's never managed in a, a decent league and everything else. It, it, it is going to be an entirely different game over here. And the, the calibre he's going to face in Europe is different than anything he's ever faced. But, I mean, he's clearly, like I say, he, 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 you just need to listen to him talk and watch the way his teams play football, watch highlights of games that he's managed. They play yeah. free-flowing attacking football. They're well structured the, 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 the positioning wise and, and like I say just listening to him talk about the game he knows his stuff he, he clearly I mean, knows his stuff so I mean he has as, as you said he's been around the game what 15, 25 years I think coaching experience 15 years as a manager as well so he does know his things and what we were speaking on uh, Tuesday's podcast for us and I made a comment and straight after I, I regretted it I compared the J League to people when they first discovered football and I, I, straight, straight after I straight after I made that comment I hopped on the, the Wikipedia, looked at a few teams, and I, I mean, Iniesta plays in that league. R- Renato Augusto, the Brazilian international, plays in that league. And I, I, I retract that comment. I'm big enough and bold enough to say that comment was ignorant of me and it was wrong of me to say that. But coming to y- yourself, Ross, as the days have went on, and I said to Anthony and John, and people are looking down their noses at the leagues he's managed in, but it, and also the Australia, the Socceroos, as they're called, Every journalist, as John said, comes out and says this guy is fantastic. I even seen one uh, say he's the best ever coaching kind of success out of anything over there, like Aussie rules, football, hockey. He's the best coach ever come out of Australian football. And are you kind of looking at it now as if an appointment, like granted it's not everyone's plan A, but as a plan B, are you warming to him a bit? Aye, I mean I'm certainly certainly warming to him. The more I read um, on him, but I mean, as regards like um, sort of people saying the the snobbery aspect of it, um, I mean, you 
you could prob you could probably say we are guilty of that a wee bit. Um, but I mean, he's he's an unknown entity essentially. <clears throat> so, I mean, with that, there comes an element of trepidation and caution. I think we can be forgiven uh, if the majority are guilty of that. Uh, I mean, the, the the cloak and dagger approach to all for our board only adds to that. Uh, it, it's been handled appallingly up until this point, and then we get hit with the unknown, uh, the Coglu, at the 11th hour. So if, if our caution is perceived as snobbery, uh, I, I'm okay with that and I, I, I will not apologise. But again, I, I mean, the more I read on him, I'm more warming to him. Uh, if and or, or when he comes in, it's looking like... Uh, He'll, he'll have my full backing. Uh, I agree with Anthony in that. Um, I, I think that's a given. Um, uh, as 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 fans, we all want the common goal of a successful Celtic. Uh, but I mean, all that said, uh, until we start to see what he can do, the jury still has to be out. But I mean, certainly the things I've read in him, he, well, I've touched on it and. Uh, Tuesday's podcast, like he's won things in countries that we perceive as not as good, and like he's have touched or like yourselves just touched on there, and and these leagues there is better players than what what we think. Uh, they're probably, I mean, it's no definite, but I've not watched enough of it. But it could be as good as the Scottish league. It could be on a on a par with that. We don't know, but uh, I I mean. Time will tell, as I've said before, but I, I don't. Th- I think, yeah, there is a, a tinge of snobbery there, but I think we can be forgiven for it mm-hmm. with the way we've been treated and and the, and the fact that we we really don't know who this guy is, and it, it, we know everybody knows it wasn't the board's first choice. Yeah, he, he has a plan B by all aspects of it, and Absolutely. we don't even we, we don't even know that to be sure. I mean. And they did make that famous comment after they appointed Neil Lennon saying they threw all the CVs in, in the cupboard and that, that's not the way a professional club should be. And you, you look at it and as we believe at recording of this podcast, there has been a, a few murmurings from journalists that the compensation package has been agreed. But then obviously this morning you get hit with that. Um, he doesn't have the required YIFA badges to, to manage at a top level. I mean, he has the highest qualifications in Asia, I mean, their coaching badges and the think Celtic have lodged an appeal through the SFA to get UEFA to notice his badges or at least creed them as the same kind of level as the UEFA B&A licences, but Anthony that could take up to three weeks or three to seven weeks, um, Anthony Joseph tweeted that out, he said it could take up to several weeks at most for this all to be sorted and that points to me at one thing John Kennedy and Gavin Strachan will be there for pre-season at the very minimum unless his coaching staff get over quicker than himself. But it looks likely they're staying. And for me, that's shameful. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. I mean, uh, our friend of the show, J- Mr. James P, penned an article about that yesterday. Um, he says, you know, it's now pretty much a stick-on that um, John Kennedy will be taking the, the, the training. And you think of the knock-on uh, effect of that. There was... And again, I know we just have to get over the fact now that Eddie Howe won't be coming to the club. But I think if he had, then instantly, you know, those talks can be had pre-Euros with some of our, you know, our bigger players. I mean, no one, no one knows how how well Callum McGregor, the likes of Callum McGregor and etc., are going to are going to play at the competition. But I think now, if you know, if the guys are coming back for their pre-season training, they're seeing the same old faces. There's seen still a lot of disorganisation uh, probably behind the scenes. The you you probably couldn't blame them uh, for getting on the phone to their agent. So it's that sort of destabilising effect that if you're going to get um, whoever we're going to get in, it, it really has to be as soon as possible. But like you say, Stephen, as soon as possible may well be seven weeks <coughs> now if uh, if it's going to be Postacoglu. And again, uh, I, that I, that also flies in the face of. Uh, our absent landlord, uh, Mr. Desmond's speech a few well, it's month, few months ago now about we're, we're taking our time and doing all the due diligence. I mean, I, I, 
call me. I mean, I'm ignorant to it all. I don't know the, how a recruitment process of a of a football manager works, but I'm pretty clued up on the recruitment process uh, within my own um, organisation. It's the, the first thing you look at is the person spec. You have the essential and the desirable uh, traits um, to to be sort of eligible to apply for a job. And mm-hmm. you, there are basic qualifications that are that, that's the, that's the top line before you even go into your own personal spec or whatever. You, you actually have to have the qualifications. And you know, if you've not even double checked that, then I mean, what 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 does due diligence count as with, with this board? Uh, it's it's incredible, really. Um, but like I say, um, seven weeks. But we're, we're going to be you know the euros or I think I'm trying to get my maths right here the euros will probably be finished by then we'll be way into the qualifying uh, season uh, for the champions league and or the europa league it's um and you know we'll not actually be that far off the start of the domestic season as well and that would be them just coming in just having that that first hello and chat to the players um so you don't know what that would do in terms of signing uh, players as well it's um just Nothing surprises me uh, with this lot anymore. It really doesn't. Yeah, and I think you make a fantastic point because if you see the players coming in, now we all thought it would be how he could speak to the likes of Ayer, Edward, Christie, and say to them, look, this is my plan. If they buy into the plan for enough, they're staying. They want to they want to be a part of Celtic. If not, then they can leave amicably. They can leave with our best wishes. And they see me with words sometimes, boys. But you know what I'm trying to say? And yeah. You look, <laughs> you look at the... You look at this Posta Coglu guy coming in, an unknown, and no disrespect to Posta Coglu, but the likes of Edward and Ayer, I don't think they'd be they'd be banned into this new guy coming in. And no one, nobody over, and certainly in our podcast has heard of him. Maybe the football world has, but they'd be looking at moves down England, the Bundesliga, La Liga, Serie A. That that won't stop them. And you, you look at if you as you said, John Kennedy and Gavin Strachan potentially taking the first preseason and coming to yourself, John. It looks more and more evident now that that's gonna that's gonna be happening. We all thought, obviously, when Kennedy finished up there as his interim spell as manager, that he'd be out the door. No disrespect to John Kennedy, obviously, but that's the way it should be because a rebuild needs a total restructure from top to bottom, surely. Oh, definitely. And the the prospect of Kennedy and Strachan throwing in the dugout when it comes to the qualifiers is frightening for me. I just feel that it doesn't matter what happens now going forward see for me there's no way back for the board as far as i'm concerned and they have consistently let celtic down let the fans down and they don't listen to what the fans are saying they don't take things on board they don't it's they're just in their own wee bubble so it seems uh and it's their way or no way uh, and for people running a club, especially a club like ours, it, it, it's it's disgusting. And the fact, like I said, because of them, we're in this position. And because of them, we are heading into next season, the qualifiers, we still not got a permanent manager in place, potentially losing players because of how poorly run it's been. Because like, like you mentioned, it, it, it does not surprise me, it would not surprise me at all like Anthony says, if people are come, if if these boys are coming back, not just the boys in Scotland, but any players that are away internationally or just within the club at the minute, I'll be having conversations with the agents like, what is this mess? What is going on? And potentially looking for a way out. And you wouldn't blame them because it's absolutely shambolic the way the place has been run. And I, I, yeah. I hold the board account, I hold the board to account totally and completely. And everything that's happened, that season just passed, everything that's happened up until this point and everything that's going to happen in the future in terms of the appointment and players leaving and everything else is doing to this current board and like I say, every single one of them can just get themselves on a boat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they, they did have the opportunity maybe get some saving grace from the Celtic fans if they got the number one appointment after three months of negotiations, which again went so I, I, shit. So, sorry Stephen, I said that the other week I says the only way that they could get any shred of credibility back or even remotely begin to repair the damage done with the fans is by getting in a sort of a top-end appointment and, and getting things moving quickly and everything else. But 
that hasn't happened and they're completely incompetent and they're not even capable of getting the job done and they're no fit for purpose. Yeah. And other stuff that I'm sure we're going to touch on it anyway. Uh, but the other stuff that's come out since then as well, uh, like you said, the new kit and the, the slogan and everything else just shows you just how detached and how far it baffles me, man. It absolutely yeah. baffles me. Yeah, I mean, you can t- you can tell that. I mean, we'll get on to the kit because I think we all in agreement the slogans used were a bit like kicking the teeth to the the fans who are, who are supporting Celtic throughout the season. But coming to yourself, Ross, how would you feel looking at the dugout next season and you see John Kennedy and Gavin Strachan looking at his Tesco shopping list on his laptop alongside Costa <laughs> Coglu? Oh, uh, uh, well, I touched on it the other night. It, it, he's He's doomed, if that's the case. Absolutely doomed. But, well, I mean, I say that. It's it's difficult to say. Like, for me, Strachan is... He's a nonsense. He needs to go. Uh, Kennedy, yeah, he's he's not done well as the manager and he's been part of the demise, if you like, of this season. Uh, But he has worked... Celtic under a successful uh, tenure and Rogers and uh, so I mean if if Postacoglu brings in his own guys and Kennedy can strike up a working relationship then possibly it could work uh, but I really don't know it, it, it's not I certainly don't want Strachan there on that laptop that is <laughs> you just don't you, you don't see that at any other club. Um, I, I really don't want him there. But I mean, say to touch on, <laughs> uh, you, you were talking about earlier there about this. Uh, it could take seven weeks to get yeah. uh, his license, if you like, or whatever it is he needs. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I might be totally wrong here, right? But my understanding is that until that like fiasco, if you like, is sorted out. Um, I, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, right? But I'm sure he can obtain like a short-term exemption, but be like a certificate of competency, uh, which would Aye. allow him to take up his role while completing his pro license. Well, apparently uh, Celtic have um, applied for that, Ross. You're right. Aye. I'm just hoping that comes to fruition. Well, hopefully. I mean, I, I accept that again as the ideal. But which part of well, this season has been? <laughs> I, mean, see this, yep. I mean, this morning I opened the fridge uh, and a full pot of mince fell out and went all over the floor. And I mean, <laughs> I mean, just wait, wait, I'm getting to my point. I mean, that wasn't the ideal either, but I cleaned it up and made a late decision and got a chippy. I think, <laughs> I, I think, I think what I'm trying try to say is Celtic can clean this mince up and they can still end up with that hallowed chippy once the hard work is over. <laughs> <laughs> I just went off on a tangent there, but uh, that is the I, best I, analogy I've heard. <laughs> I, I think uh, Ross, the, the there's, there's good times ahead. Oh, Chippies for everybody. <laughs> nothing wrong with a chappy. Absolutely Ross. not, son. What, Stephen? What did you get? I, I, I want to know. I'm interested. <laughs> oh, it was it was a. Uh, I didn't want to go all out because it was a weeknight. I got a sausage supper. Oh, nice penalty! Uh, straight down the middle, son. Good, good choice. <laughs> right. Anyway, so enough we'll about move, me. <laughs> we'll move on to Anne's Poster Cogley himself. Brilliant, brilliant analogy there, Ross. I mean, it was out <laughs> came out of nowhere. I mean, the whole mince thing, but fair enough. Right. <laughs> it just popped out of my head because that, that was a disaster this morning when I opened that fridge door. <laughs> Can you believe it? Name and Tatties. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> we're looking, right, we're looking right, potentially, I mean, more and more likely that Postacoglu is coming in. And just to talk about a wee bit, maybe how he plays and stuff, I've seen, I have been reading up on him. At Boys Analytics uh, tagged us in a, in a post today and basically showed us what he does and what uh, the XG. I'm not really clued up in that, but expect the goals. Everywhere he goes, that increases. He plays a high press and style, hopefully. And I think one journalist said at one point when he was playing his style at Yokohomo, you say I might be saying that wrong, Yokohomo, that's going to stick with it. The keeper was up in the halfway line or something in some matches. So, by all accounts, 
he sounds as if he plays the game off the cuff, his own way. And if no one fits in to his kind of way of playing, he has no issue of getting them away or letting them go. Yeah, well, I remember um, when Celtic signed Barkas last season that he admitted in the press that he actually wanted to play outfield. So, well, you know, if nobody takes him off our hands, then maybe, you know, we've, we've, we've you know, problem solved. Uh, we can, you know, play him out. as a sweeper. Yeah. <laughs> he needs a new brown, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, like you say, we have heard a lot of this stuff um, coming out to say, you know, he, he plays the attacking football and, you know, he... he, he doesn't suffer fools and all of this thing, all of this stuff. And, you know, fair play, you know, like I say, that there's, there is every chance that this appointment will work. As we'd say, it's just that it's an unknown entity and we just don't know, but, you know, we, we just don't know how it'll, how it'll all work out and we can only um, hope for the best. But all I'll say is, you know, if, if, if he can sort out the mess at Celtic, the way that Susan Kennedy sorted out Erinsborough High and Neighbours, then maybe we're going to be all right. <laughs> is, there, is there a battle between? Is there a battle between you and Ross after you get the personality of the show? Analogy central, the right? <laughs> is it coming back to yourself, Anthony? Is there a wee bit of you excited of the unknown, excited of what it could bring? I suppose so. Yeah, I mean, I mean, when you when you do see some of the names being bandied about, you're like, well, it can't be any worse. Do, do you know what I mean? But I, it, and yeah, no, I've, I've, I'm I'm not one that's known for having a fear of the unknown. So, as I say, I, I, maybe a bit like the Celtic board, I did have all my my eggs in the in the how basket, Stephen. But it's evidently not going to happen. And um, so we we just have to, like we say, we just have to get on with it. Um, and yeah. hopefully, and I've I've got everything crossed that it does. Hopefully, this time next year, we're we're looking at. You know where we're going to be going uh, in the Champions League group stages. Yeah, no, I get, I get what you're saying, and also say in the group chat today, John, that you said you're kind of warming to the prospect of Postecoglou. Obviously, you said previously it's still the Eddie Howe's burning in the back of your mind because he was number one choice. But what, what is there anything exciting you about him? His style, the way he plays, the way he plays football. I, I've got a bit of deja vu at a minute. Um, I could have sworn I literally just highlighted everything <laughs> about Postecoglou. Uh, we're going to do it again. No, I'm just going to cut the audio and paste it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nah, but uh, no, he is, he, he is warm. Uh, like, I'm warming to him. Like I say, the more I read up on him, the more you hear about his accomplishments and stuff like that. And the, the when you, 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 you see these players and other coaches, well-respected players and that, that have worked with him, uh, and people coming out and they're saying that, like how respected he is and how good a coach he is. Other people that know him coming out and saying how good he is, just how widely revered he is in Australia itself. And like I say, just go, on, go online and just look at some highlights, say like Australia games or the Brisbane games where he went practically 36 games or so unbeaten and the way those teams were actually playing football with a free-flowing attacking football, pressing high, organised at the back. Something we've been missing uh, this year. Um, and I think we, we a bit of batting, um, there's absolutely no reason why he can't bring players in um, and, and, and develop a, a squad that's capable of wrestling the title back uh, this coming season. So, aye, he's definitely warming to me. Again, how was my first choice? I was very set on that. And I kept saying it for weeks um, how much I supported that like, there was no else for me um, and it was uh, well set in my mind as, as I'm sure it was many other people that he was the man and it wasn't a matter of if it was just a matter of when so like he says once it came this stuff started coming out and the, we found out that it didn't we still don't know the reasons why uh, but we know it's definitely no happening Um and my initial disappointment had been linked with Postecoglou um, because he has na- a name I've heard of, and I reckon we should be aiming <clears throat> higher. Um, but, I, I mean, you, you've still got managers out there that we could go after. Um, whether we have or not, again, the board haven't come out and says that they've appointed, that they've even went for anybody else. They've just says that they've immediately went for Postecoglou. They've been looking at him or, or considering it for months. So, I don't know. Um wasn't happy about it initially, but like I said, the more you sort of read up on him, the more you listen to the guy talk, yeah. the more you see the way 
his teams have played football, definitely the more I'm warming him. I want your reaction to this, John. I haven't mentioned this before, but it'll be interesting here because you're a big Eddie Howe fan. One of the Australian journalists said, he was doing like a, a podcast, he said, the Australian people don't understand why Celtic are looking down at Postacoglu. After all, he's been successful where he's been. J-League, A-League, Asian Cup, managing Australia, the two World Cup uh, qualified campaigns, getting into the World Cup uh, group stages, and you look down on him. And he said the people in Australia don't understand why Kind of Celtic had their hopes pinned in the guy who's only won one trophy, not even in the top league of the nation he was in, which they referred to obviously as England. But what's your reaction to that? Because that's a for me that's a valid point. Well, no, the league he won and the league he managed to keep the club he was in for five years is ranked the one of the best leagues in the world. I'm sure I'm sure the championships even in the top ten. No, I so get that. Con- I get that. Considerably higher than level of competition than Postacoglu has faced in his career. Um, but, as I said, and there's many other Celtic fans have got this exact same problem with Eddie Howe and, and never understood why we pinned our hopes on him and why we were so dead set on getting him in because they, much like those reports that you've mentioned, they, they don't believe he's actually achieved anything in the game. But again, that's people that don't know what he's done or have they taken the time to learn about what he's done or the type of manager that he is. And as I said, what he done with Burnmouth is nothing short of incredible. And there'll, there'll never be another manager, at least I don't think there will be, that'll do anything to a similar extent because that's how... I mean, it, it's entirely unrealistic to think. As I say, he took our Burnmouth as a very young guy. Um, he saved him for relegation. He left. He came back. The club were almost liquidated their name money. He was under a transfer embargo against a minus 17-point deficit, saved them for relegation. Next season, got them promoted without being able to sign any players. A young guy who ultimately came in, had enough about him to lift the heads of everybody, get them playing for him, uh, believing in him, believing in each other, Yeah. getting promoted, and then doing that again over the, his tenure at, at Burnmouth to then successive promotions, getting to the championship, winning the championship, getting to the Premier League and staying there for five years. And some of the results he got against the top six teams were not short incredible as well. So, no, anybody that's sort of dismissing Eddie Howe or saying he's not achieved nothing is a clown and doesn't know the game. Go ahead, Ross. Sorry, Ross was trying to get at you, John, there. Ross was wanting to make a wee point. I I was just going to say, you do realise that Eddie Howe's not getting the Celtic job, eh? (laughs) No, listen, I get that, but that doesn't mean, that doesn't automatically mean he's shite or that everybody that says he wasn't. No, I know, but it's not talking up as much. It's sickening. It is sickening because I think we were on agreement. He he was a lot of our first choice for their reasons specifically. Um, So I don't think it's a case of looking down at Postacoglu and thinking he's achieved more than Eddie in terms of winning stuff but it is a different as I say it's yeah. a completely different level that they're that's playing fair. it in that's fair enough I just wanted the reaction to it obviously it was me that is the kid of that Ross so I just wanted to see where John was at with that and I think he came across very well what he was saying in terms of what Eddie Howe done and Postacoglu as well in different leagues but coming to your, yourself Ross about Postacoglu now we discussed this on the podcast with Ram McGinley his individual honours he's won like AFC Coach of the Year the coach of the decade, which I said previously, Eddie Howe won in the, the English lower leagues. And is there any part of you, that, I mean, a couple of days on from the last podcast, that you were down and stuff, as we all were, but have you done any research into him? Are you excited by the way he's going to play or what he could bring to Celtic? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, uh, admittedly, I've not done a great deal of research in the last couple of days. Uh, but, I mean, it, it's entirely plausible that he can be successful at Celtic. Um, I mean, obviously, I sincerely hope he is. Uh, but he's 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 got experience. That that there's no doubt about that. I mean, obviously, maybe not in these shores, but I mean, he's no new to management uh, by any stretch. He's won things by playing a brand of football that apparently would fit with Celtic and the way the fans like to see the game played and the way Celtic are synonymous uh, with playing and obviously we're an attacking team because we're one of the best teams in the league Uh, he's managed in various countries and he's uh, by all accounts revered in his homeland as a manager Uh, I mean time will tell 
But given the right tools, he most definitely can be a success. But it only begs the question, will the board, will they be willing to give him those tools? <laughs> that's... Uh, 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 that's a question only time can answer. But it's, uh, uh, I mean, going by, well, I was going to say going by the last couple of years, they won't. But they certainly gave Neil Lennon the tools at the start of last season. They, okay, they didn't get, we've touched on this in previous podcasts, okay, they didn't get Ivan Tony. They got a Yeti. Nobody knew at the time that that was going to go south and Ivan Tony was going to do what he'd done. And it's all ifs and buts, but there's, there's, he can absolutely be successful with a Celtic or with the Celtic team that hopefully he builds if he's backed and by the by the board and by the fans. And he'll be back by me until such times he's not doing a good enough job as Neil yeah. Lennon was backed by me like it when he when he was appointed in the showers. Yeah. Was I delighted? No. Was I, <laughs> was I gutted? No. He was backed, but then it went south this season. Yeah. I and think that's fair it, enough. It's the same. Aye. I think I think that's fair enough. And at the end of the day, what you're saying, it's it's all conjecture really, isn't it? You're, you're famous for <laughs> I, I mean, uh. <laughs> if, I think the, the overwhelming feeling from us guys, as Anthony Ross and John said, he will be back. We as Celtic fans always want Celtic to be the best Celtic football club they can be. And if Postacoglu comes in and does that, fair enough. I mean, we want him to be successful and wrestle back our trophies. And hopefully we're with our next season with him. If he's going to be confirmed manager at, the, at this moment in time, it looks like it, it is. I mean, we've all made the mistake of nailing our nails to the carpet in this one. And in terms of anyhow, we all thought he was coming in. But again, if Postacoglu comes in, we will get behind him. We'll back Celtic as we always will. Always will. But moving on to what we're seeing in terms of Celtic <clears throat> and the continued board silence, apart from little digs to the Celtic support, not only have we seen the, the, the statement come out in regards to Eddie Howe, Fergal Harkin walking away, even though it's rumoured he wasn't formally offered a job, but I mean, everyone knows that he was the favourite. Um, we also seen the kit, the, the away kit being released, albeit a, f- a fantastic looking kit, uh, but the slogans underneath it left that, that to be desired. One was saying, "Future, the future is our focus, and the other one was, uh, what was it again? Something about the fans, real fans or something. So, something on them lines, Anthony. And it just leaves a better taste in the mouth, doesn't it, when you read kind of slide digs like that? Absolutely, um, and you know that the, the I, I I must admit my head was in my hands when I when I seen the, the 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 sort of quotes today. But yeah, going back to the statement last week, you know they they tried to absolve themselves of blame and Eddie Howe um, of blame as well. And you know that try to you know they think they get splinters for sitting on the fence uh, so much. You can't that is an impossible situation where nobody's to blame. Um, I think they were just be essentially covering their own tracks. And yeah, the, the digs don't help and. You know, anytime you try and uh, criticise them, they and their still scarily vast number of supporters um, of them will, will brand, you know, people like us as, you know, spoiled or, in, or entitled or whatever. And all I, I, I appreciate the Celtic support doesn't doesn't speak with, with one voice or whatever, but all, all I ask, when I ask, am I entitled? When I hand over my £600 uh, season book money, I don't, I'm not saying that in an entitled way that I demand we win every league title or we win every domestic cup or we're in Europe every season or, or anything like that. All I demand, and I'm sure many others do, is that everyone in a position of power at Celtic, whether that be the players, uh, the manager or, or, or the board, do their jobs to the, the highest possible standard at every given moment. So, you know, for the players, that means giving their all in training and playing for the jersey or on the field of play. The manager doing his best every week moment to develop the players, make them better and ultimately have some success on the park. And of course, and but most importantly, the people that run the club who are in an extraordinarily privileged position of being the custodians and trying to, you know, be inspired by the past of the club and try to build a, a future for it as well. That We demand that they do their job to the best of their abilities. That's what I demand when I hand over my season ticket money. Um, and none of those departments or anyone involved in any of those departments for the last year, and perhaps beyond, you know, if you go you go further up the ladder, can say that they've done that. So if 
if calling that out and criticising it makes me or anyone else, um, you know, entitled or, or spoiled, then I'll take those accusations and I'll wear them as a badge of honour. Um, with regards to the to the away kit itself, um, yeah, it's a it's a pretty nifty, you know, dark green gold looking number. But after after the debacle of this season, if if the board think they can they can palm us off with just another nice looking away kit, then they are absolutely correct because I've pre-ordered one for me and my wee laddie today. So uh, yeah, that's, that's another one hundred twenty quid uh, in their account. So what can you do? <laughs> before, uh, before, before we move on to, to John we didn't obviously haven't had a chance to speak in terms of on the podcast what was your and you forgot something when it was mentioning what the board have done in the last week and a half what was your reaction to the the season tick, season ticket thing coming out obviously they, from my point of view anyway they tried to piggyback off the the, no, the notion of Eddie Howe being in charge and obviously they've known before that that it wasn't happening what's your what's your opinion or take on that yeah, they, they, there is absolutely no question that they did not send those forums out in good faith, in my opinion. They knew that that deal for Eddie Howe was not going to happen and it was going to, the news was going to break very, very soon. And I think, and, my, and I don't have anything to back it up, but, you know, it's a gut feeling and my gut's usually right. I reckon they sent those forums out as late as they could Um or as early as they could before the news would break to try and get as much season ticket money in the bank before the before it broke. And, and I've, I've not seen anything that um, that will convince me otherwise. Yeah, no, I think we're all in agreement there. I think it was, it was just distasteful and shameful how they'd done it. And coming to yourself, John, touched upon the kit being released, the slogans underneath it, the statements, the, the rumours about Harkin and the board literally does shutting up shop since the statement they sent out about Eddie Howe, where they tried to try to take away uh, blame from both parties. But what's your what's your overwhelming feeling? I was I know you're a big criticizer of the board. What's what's the feeling there? Yeah, I mean I made my feelings clear on that statement. I, it it completely just papered over cracks. Um, and if you read if you try and read between the lines, the the fact that they tried to absolve absolve themselves of any blame, uh, and it, it just they're hiding something because if it's as clear cut as what you're hearing in reports, it is that backroom staff or whatever it is couldn't they come up or they weren't interested in coming up, doesn't it make any sense because again, you would have had these conversations months ago. Just come out and be clear with the fans. Just put it all out on the table. Just tell us exactly where it happened, that why it didn't work out, and why it broke down, and and then we can move on. But the fact that they failed to do that, and I think that ties into the whole season ticket thing, is they've known for a while, but they've tried to ride that wave, and and use the the season ticket announcement and the the, the imminent as a statement came out. I think when the, the imminent appointment uh, that they claimed um, when they they came out with the the, the season ticket renewal started, um, they they knew, of course they knew, and yeah. that in itself is. It's it's absolutely abhorrent that they've done that because they're taking the Celtic fans for mugs. Um, in regards to the new away top, like Anthony says, beautiful looking jersey. Uh, I probably will be getting one myself. Um, the way he set that up though was absolutely class. Um, <laughs> but the, Thanks, mate. <laughs> But you, Anthony, you, I saw a post you made online as well about the tops. I'm, I'm surprised you never brought it up. But they've increased the price of the shirts as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so for for they they take give with one hand and take with the other with regards to the you know this fifty pound uh, voucher. Yeah, it's it, that that voucher won't go as far as uh, as as you may think. Aye. So, like you says, you read between the lines and you look at things. Way I sort of like open eyes so to speak um, you take the tinted shades off it, I mean it, it, that in itself is uh, another abhorrent move to increase the price of the jerseys um, when they when they came out with that nonsense about added value I didn't expect them to add value to their, their merchandise and it's ridiculous that this is where we are again at the minute and again it just points to all their feelings um, and why they continue for me to be 
not fit for purpose. Yeah, I think that's a, a great point. I didn't actually realise that you made that comment <laughs> about the, the kids being up in price. I mean, that for me, that voucher was about to be a goodwill gesture to the fans. But as you said, it's not going to go, go as far as people may think. Maybe a couple of chocolate bonbons or whatever from the Celtic Week kind of collection. But apart from that, maybe nothing. <laughs> but coming to yourself, Ross, how, how are you feeling this week and a half? What the what the rumours have been led to believe about Harkin, Postacoglu, the board remaining silent, that statement, the season tickets. It's all a bit of a mess, really, isn't it? Oh yeah, uh, it's everything for the last year has been more than a bit of a mess. Um, I mean, you touch on the silence. Uh, first of all, uh, I mean it's went on long enough. I gave I gave the board some some leeway on their silence before, as I thought most of it was down to contractual issues for the other party. Uh, I'm not going to say his name again, or I'll hate to take a shot. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I mean, at, at this point, <clears throat> they they need to give us some or get something over the line. I, I'm absolutely sick to the back teeth now. I mean, I mean, we found out who shot Phil Mitchell quicker, man. <laughs> it's it's just getting beyond a joke now. Um, yeah. But I mean, as regards the the the, the kit release, uh, I mean, it's a, it's a nice it's a nice top. Uh, it's probably it's probably come a wee bit sooner, uh, like than between the release of the the previous one. Uh, but I don't know. Is that if if I did got like a sort of deal where there's one a year released? Yeah, it's, it's, it's the same as new, exact same as New Balance, uh, mate. So you'll have there, you'll have you'll have three three new kits plus two new at least two new goalkeeper kits a season. Uh, or uh, yeah, uh, every, every year now. Um, I, uh, I think it just seems to be the done thing. Where it's not just to be fair. It's I don't think it's just Adidas and it's not just Celtic either. Uh, it just seems to be right. across the board. And I, I don't like it either. It kind of no, it's a nonsense you, because yeah, when you right. see the kits through like the nineties and stuff, it takes you back to like a, a period in time. And you know, you, but whereas now it's you, you, nowadays it's just a bit more a case of uh, uh, what what year was that again? You know you can't you, you, you can't uh, just, you can't place it's just it. Just release the next top so everybody has to buy it and you make money again. It's like it yep. used to be every maybe two or three years, and you after like that period of time, you you really looked forward to the next one coming out. Whereas now, I, I mean, don't get me wrong, I'll be honest with you, I've not bought a Celtic top for years. I just mm-hmm. I, I just think a guy with a wee pot belly, it's nearly in his forties, just doesn't suit it as much. But <laughs> that's just my opinion. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I mean, as regards to that, uh, what was it? Future is our focus. Yeah, no. that, I think that was the hashtag. Yeah, I mean, laughable. It's it's like they're poking at the fans and laughing at us. I mean, who is an educated person comes up with that slogan and fails to see the irony in it? It's like when it's, it's like when we opened the it's like when we opened the new fourth road bridge, wasn't it? And the Scottish someday the Scottish government went, we'll call it once in a generation. I was like, uh, maybe did uh, na- did nobody take them to the side and say maybe best no going with that one? You know, uh, well, thank uh, God. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's dodgy territory. Exactly. Oh my God, I mean, terrible! It, it's either it's either like total stupidity or somebody somewhere is taking the pure piss, and I think yeah. it's the latter. I think it's the latter as well. And then the the one about the real fans, or uh, that was a hashtag real fans. fans. It's like, what's going on? I mean, we all know your hashtag will be mints and taddies, Ross. <laughs> <laughs> Either that <or> conjecture. Right, <laughs> oh, it's going, conjecture's the that's the greatest hat, isn't it? It's always good to get the new material, but conjecture's oh. one of the that's 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 uh, Rossi's love forever, isn't it? That's just it's, uh, Aye, that's the original way. <laughs> it's not even. It's not even that lovely. It's just he laid it so like early on in the podcast. It was bang conjecture, and it's stuck ever since. But he, uh, set, he set he set a high standard for us all to try and reach. He definitely has. <laughs> and guys, uh, that brings well, to... Anthony surpassed that. <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> that. That brings us to the end of the show as it is the podcast. I think we try to keep a lighthearted spin on things by discussing pasta coglu what we think of the board and the current situation at Celtic Football Club. As we always do, we're going to end with a quiz between Anthony and Ross this week. And oh, guys, okay. the, tr- the trend was stadium <laughs> quizzes, right? But I've changed it. I'm not going to be lazy no more. We're going to do a Postacoglu quiz. 
It's a simple question. There's things we've talked about over the last two podcasts, so it should go okay. If it doesn't go, we'll just leave it and end the podcast where it is. But okay, look. if you guys are ready, we'll yeah, yeah, on. go we'll for it. Oh, right. No. Are you ready, Ross? Aye, aye. How many A-League titles has Posta Coglu won? Two. Two. That's Anthony won. I heard him first, Ross. Wow. And, <laughs> well, here and we then, go. And, here we and go. Two, the two A-League titles was won with which club? Brisbane Roar. That's 2-0, Anthony. Uh-huh. And during that time, Posta Coglu led... Brisbane Moore to their highest undefeated streak. How many games was that? Six games. That's two. <laughs> That's two one. And while manager with Australia, what national trophy did Postacoglu win? The Asia Trophy. Nice one. Three one, Anthony. Well done, Anthony. Uh, was... uh, good, Anthony. Good son. No arguments there. <laughs> <That was> a... <laughs> Cheers, mate. Cheers. Postacoglu um... knowledge is half the scale, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Have you enjoyed this podcast, boys? I loved it. I, I was good. Yeah, so really always good. good coming back. Always good being on, man. Love it. Yeah. And as we all know, the current situation in the Celtic Football Club is a mess, but we've got some fantastic shows coming up in terms of spin-off shows. Anthony Ross will be taking part in them. John also. And just recently there, we interviewed Celtic's youngest ever goal scorer, Jack Aitchison. That will be available on the channel pretty soon, hopefully at the start of next week, if all works out and all being well. And until next time, to everyone who's listening... Wait, 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 wait. Um, You're going to outline what the plan is just for the run-up to Euros? Okay, no problem. So what we're planning to do, we're going to drop the Celtic podcast to one a week and we're going to take the effort and cover Scotland in their European Championship campaign. I think that's going to be a fantastic time for everybody involved, especially in this podcast. We talk about it daily. Me, myself, as an Irish fan, (laughs) it's not so good, but... Um, we're going to cover Scotland at the Euros. We're going to be doing an extravaganza pretty soon with all members of the panel, just getting the reaction to the Scotland Euro squad and to see the, the particular lineup for the first game. And each guy in the podcast will take a turn at hosting one of the shows. So it's not going to be my voice you'll hear constantly. Everyone will I take a turn. That. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> Ross, you may, you may get ready. <laughs> so that's going to be good fun. And in the future as well, John's exploring the possibility of getting our podcast on the video, which is something to look forward to. Yeah, so and I definitely yeah. want to get that launched before the start of the new season. Um, but don't be surprised if you see a, a video pop up and our mugs plastered on it. <laughs> I think we can all agree, boys, we're looking forward to covering Scotland, aren't we, the Euros? Absolutely. Oh, well, the Selic, the Selic team had a good result last night. I mean, Jack Henry scored a cracking goal, and Nesbitt he scored a good goal as well. To be fair to him, and they, they give a good account of themselves a good, against a good Holland team. But yeah, guys, yeah, that's our plan. I will. That, that's our that's our plan for the the future. <laughs> Covering Scotland at the Euros. That joke just flew over my head, Ross, by the way. Sorry about that. But yeah. Well, it wasn't a free kick. Uh, it shouldn't have oh, been a free oh, kick. Oh, yes. yes it gets an eye. It gets an eye. But yeah. Sorry, It's exciting times for the channel coming up. And I hope you all stick with us. And to anyone who's listening again, as I always say, until next time, stay well and keep safe. Heel, heel. <laughs>